Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast. Woo! Well, hello again, listeners. Uh, this year, actually, this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> we uh, took ourselves and some friends out to our wildland in Royalston, Massachusetts to celebrate our anniversary. It's our fifth wedding anniversary. Yeah. And of course, that got us thinking about our wedding. And that got us thinking about tattoos, of course. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's because we got matching botanical illustration tattoos um, right after our honeymoon. Each of us has four plants that are really important to us and also well-matched to our particular constitutions. So the layout of that of the tattoo is the same for each of us. It's just that the plants are different. Yeah. And in this episode, we're going to tell you all about the plants we chose and why they're so wonderful for us and, you know, probably for you too. <laughs> but first, we want to give you our reclaimer. We are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in our podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States, so these discussions are for educational purposes only. Everyone's body is different, so the things we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but they will give you some information to think about and research further. We want to remind you that good health is your own personal responsibility, so the final decision in considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by your physician, is always yours. Mm-hmm. All right, so back to the forest. Uh, you know, we meant to record this episode when we were out there in the woods, but I got wicked sick. <laughs> he guys. really did, and uh, that is a, a reminder to always have your herbal first aid kit, even when you think you won't need it. Yes, it was a good thing that we did have it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but it was still pretty miserable, and so I was not quite up to uh, podcasting strength. No. At the time, no. No. <laughs> but I'm feeling better I, now. It was still a really good weekend, though. Yeah. I mean, except for the discomfort. But, yeah. like, the, you know, we the, still had a fun time together. The parts with the vomiting and the retching and the everything else, those were, like, not the best parts. <laughs> but being in the woods was nice, and I was appreciating the breeze through the leaves and all of that. Yeah. Even, even as I lay there in my distress. Plus, you know, a lot of people have that kind of story around their honeymoon or their wedding or something like that, and we don't. Mm, yes. But now we have it for our fifth anniversary, so. Better, better now than back in Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, you know, we wanted to record out there, but, you know, I didn't feel good. So, uh, but we did record the sounds of our campfire and the brook that runs nearby. So those are playing in the background for you to enjoy while we talk. Yes, that was the whole plan was to give auditory texture for you so that you could be in the woods with us. And so even though we actually didn't end up recording this in the woods, um, you can still, the, the campfire and the brook were actually there, and you can enjoy them just like we did. Yeah, yeah, they're real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to the topic here. Um, some some stuff we want to just uh, touch on real quick before we get into it. Um, a basic feature of herbalism is this idea of energetics. And for the herbs, this refers to the discernible qualities of the plants, like things that you can you can taste and you can feel in your mouth or that you can observe in your body directly. Um, those qualities, and the connection between them and their effects on the body. So some examples here really help to make this clear if this is the first time you're hearing of it. And and actually, even before the examples, it's a weird word. Energetics is just a weird word. It's not 
overtly obvious what it means. I wish that we had some better word for it. And I've been thinking about one for a long time, and I can't. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. think of one. I've also recently been trying to figure out when exactly this word entered the lexicon for this specific meaning, and I'm having some trouble with it. Yeah, so I don't know. I'll report back if I come to anything definitive. <laughs> so far, I'm not sure. But, you know, some examples here, right? So, for instance, ginger and cayenne, these are herbs. They're also spices or foods. Um, and those are heating. And you can tell because yes. you, you bite into a ginger root or you bite into a cayenne pepper and you feel that fire. Yeah, you know for sure it's hot. Nobody has to tell you. You don't have to look it up in a book. You know it. It's hot. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, lemon and watermelon are examples of cooling herbs. And you know that because you want to drink lemonade or watermelon water on a nice hot August summer day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you don't have to look it up. Yeah. You can, you've got a chemistry set right in your mouth. It is your tongue. <laughs> and you can sense that information. Even if that watermelon hasn't been in the refrigerator, if it's just been on the counter and it's a hot day, it's still cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, lindens and violets are examples of moistening herbs and if you infuse them in cool water this becomes really obvious because they make the water velvety and then a little a little uh, viscous and then a little slimy and mm. <laughs> all along the way as you start to draw out their their moistening principles marshmallow root and also okra if you've ever had okra uh, fall into this category as well yeah um, and on the other hand, golden seal and goldenrod are both drying herbs. They'll stop a runny nose, for instance, mm-hmm. if you have one of those going on. They can dry up other kinds of wet conditions as well. So, you know, these kind of basic qualities, heating and cooling, moistening and drying, um, these are to be found in many traditional systems of medicine and of herbalism. Um, maybe not always under those exact names, sometimes blended with other qualities into these little combos, but that those basic concepts are there. Um, and it's because, again, they're things that you can experience directly. Okay, um, now these qualities also connect with the four elements, um, or I guess that'd be the four sort of Western elements, broadly speaking. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, fire is hot, and conversely, earth is cold in nature. Uh, water is, well, you know, wet, <laughs> and air is dry. Uh, as a side note, not everyone agrees with these assignments, right? So there are some systems that will tell you that air, in fact, is uh, warm and damp, and I've never really understood that living here in New England. Right, but I mean, <laughs> I can imagine that if we lived in the Mediterranean, we might think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, not everybody agrees, but they work for us, and... Uh, we're the ones talking today, so <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, and those elements have their directions as well. So fire in the south, earth in the north, water in the west, and air in the east. And again, this comes from uh, traditional correlations. Right, and that is true. Like When you hear it put on a compass that way, you might think of Native American Um, traditions and it's true that they definitely many many Native American um, tribes and groups did do that Um, but in many other places they did that too simply because a compass is a really handy way to carry information around with you Um, imagine before there was writing 
or maybe there was writing, but there wasn't widespread writing and reading. Um, you needed like tools to be able to organize information because you were going to carry all of it in your head all the time. And because directions were something that people were very familiar with, and because elements, you know, this basic hot and cold, damp and dry, that also were things that people were very familiar with, uh, it created a construct that many different cultures employed in different, slightly different ways to, um, to hold this kind of information in a way that could be easily remembered and easily transmitted. So there's variation between all the different cultures who did it, but the concept itself is common across many cultures, as so many things are. You know, the wheel was invented in many different places independent of each other, and Writing was invented in many different places, completely independent of each other. Mm -hmm. Good ideas are good ideas. Yeah, yeah. Well, so all of this was kind of a roundabout way of saying that we each chose four herbs, which represented these attributes, and arranged them on our forearms like a compass. So now we don't get lost. <laughs> so uh, here are our herbs. Uh, why don't you start? Okay. Well, in the South... You know, it's funny. In the South, we both have mint family plants. We do, but but not minty mints. We have right. we have like aromatic, fiery kind of mints. Yeah, yeah. So in the South, for me, I have tulsi. Um, tulsi is a nervine, but also an adaptogen and also an exhilarant. And this plant is really um, uplifting. It is really motivating it's activating um, it helps a lot with stress management and even more specifically I want to say that it it is really well suited when stress has you paralyzed or immobilized right when you have stopped moving because you're feeling stressed um, or feeling overwhelmed Tulsi is an herb of movement mm. and an interest that's, that's a very fiery thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And an interesting thing here also is that Tulsi helps a lot with blood sugar regulation on the endocrine level. It actually has a lot of endocrine activity. And a lot of that is also related to easing movement. If you think about improving blood sugar regulation, then what you actually end up doing is improving blood circulation. Mm. And that's movement. Like all the different things that need to move through the body, Tulsi can really make a huge improvement in. And Tulsi also is, it's helpful for almost everyone. You, there's almost no drug interactions with Tulsi. There's almost, you know, it's very rare that somebody has an allergic reaction with Tulsi. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of scientific study. There's a lot of traditional study. Um, it's just a plant that has been a part of human life for a very long time and, uh, and is just amazingly helpful, but I think particularly helpful in this place and in this time mm. because I think that there's so much overstimulation going on and so much... Um, sort of stress with overwhelm going on that that I think it's really super common to feel locked in and to feel a little stuck because there's there's just too much to process mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
So now you can carry Tulsi with you everywhere. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the same position, what I have is sage. Good old standard garden sage. <laughs> um, Salvia officinalis. So this plant is a, is a well, it's a lot of things. Um, one of the first things that I understood sage to be was an aid to digestion, a carminative, um, an herb that brings warmth into the GI tract and encourages good, strong digestion to really get all the nutrients out of your food, and also to help you to uh, be more comfortable in your guts, because undigested food is a source of many, many problems. Mm. Um, Sage has a particular ability to improve your capacity to digest fats, and that's something that I still struggle with, although much less now than I used to, (laughs) um, because I've got sage in my life. Uh, but I can remember when I was first learning about herbs, and that was a, a really important one for me, and made a big impression because of the the relief that I that I felt uh, after working with it. So um, that's key with sage. It's also good at drying up sore throats, um, especially if those come from like post nasal drip. Um, drying up, but also relieving the the pain or the irritation in there. Um, it's an effective herb to work with as a steam because it's really rich in aromatic constituents, and those are antimicrobial, and they stimulate your local humoral immunity in the lung tissue and in the sinuses. So um, it's just really fantastic for that kind of application. Uh, Sage has this interesting aspect where it can be a diaphoretic if you drink it hot, and that means that it helps you to sweat more freely by opening up the skin as a channel or a pathway of elimination. But if you drink sage tea cold, then it acts more like a diuretic, which is to say that it increases the amount of fluid moving through the kidneys and the bladder and and out in the urine. Um, So in either format, it has this effect on fluid movement in the body. And, you know, fire and water, they have this kind of dance with each other. So Mm. I'll often think about those those effects as it helping also to direct the fire in the body, the heat, the metabolism, the, the, um, the activity, where it needs to go uh, in order for you to feel your best. Um, so that's all going on. But then there's the sort of emotional aspects of the way sage affects people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for this, I think of words like grounding, uh, grounding and centering and steadying. Um, Sage is really good at helping you to feel settled, and I find that to be really valuable. Yeah, that's the thing I really love about Sage also. So those were the herbs that we put in the south position to represent the fire element and the aspects of heat and uh, that kind of movement and transformation quality inside of our bodies. And uh, those are just the ones that we wanted to keep with us. Yeah. Now, there are lots and lots of heating herbs. There's lots of fiery herbs. There's lots of much stronger heating herbs out there. Sure. And I mean, you know, we're always talking about ginger. Yeah. But when we went through this process, there was a whole, like, really took us a while to settle down and think about what were the most important herbs to, to us in our own bodies in that time, but also herbs that served as a a nice bond as well Mm -hmm. yeah all right well so then uh in the east uh direction uh the air element here you have betony i do i have wood betony because i just can't i can't i can't be without wood betony 
betony is a plant that is tremendously grounding. It is, um, I, I am a person, I, well, we both are people actually, who tends to be very cerebral and sometimes kind of abstracted. Um, you know, I mean, I did used to be a software engineer a million years ago, and mm -hmm. I do feel very comfortable getting into my head and, and staying there. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily very healthy for me. In fact, it's pretty not healthy for me. Um, so betony is a plant that really helps to balance that out and really helps to keep me much more present, um, keeps me sort of here in the now. I, I think about when I was much younger, when I was in um, late in high school and in college, I used to work for Outward Bound and we used to say, be here now all the time. Um, and that was easy for me when I was working outdoors and in, in an environment where we were really focusing on being present. But as I went out into the professional world and I became very, you know, computer oriented because that's what you do in the professional world, um, I really lost that, that presence and I got, I got really stuck in my head. Um, and betony, like I can't think of a better, there are other herbs that can help to get you out of your head, but betony has such a gentle manner for doing it. And um, so that it isn't like a shock to be suddenly back in your body. It just feels like a safe and comfortable space to be in. Um, betony can be helpful for people who have dissociative issues. Um, betony can be really helpful for people who have Asperger's or ADD or they're anywhere on that spectrum. Um, and I just, it is just really a lovely plant to get you really centered and really present. And I mean, physiologically, it's no such either. It's fantastic when you've got a concussion or any kind of post-concussive issues. It is so helpful for headaches and migraines. Mm. This is a plant that, I mean, is just amazing. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. This is kind of an example of a, of a plant that we chose more for managing um, the excess of a particular element yeah. rather than um, embracing its qualities, right? So, yeah, rather than stimulating it. Yeah, because air has that quality of being restless and being, um, being abstract and, you know, taking the 30,000-foot view. Um, Which is handy sometimes. Yeah, But I think we both maybe have a tendency to spend a little too much time way up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bethany helps you to, to be down. Um, you know, in my compass, uh, on that, on that side, I have yarrow. Um, and yarrow is many things. It's, uh, certainly a, a drying herb. Um, and that fits in with, you know, the air and the, the quality of, of drying that comes in that direction. Um, yarrow is an astringent and that, that goes along with that aspect. Um, it, it tightens things up, it holds things together. Uh, and that's true whether it's that we're looking at, um, at the need to heal a wound. Yarrow, like many other herbs, helps wounds to knit together more rapidly and more, more completely, by which I mean that it reduces the amount of scar tissue that might form mm. over that wound. Um, but yarrow also kind of helps you hold yourself together. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's often what I'm calling on when I, when I call on yarrow. What I like about it is that it does have this airy kind of 
of motion and, and movement to it. Um, yarrow is a circulatory aid. It helps to improve the, the flow and the movement of blood through all of your blood vessels um, all the way out to your periphery. And because it moves blood out to there, it also serves as a diaphoretic. In a kind of a different way from what sage does when you drink your hot sage tea. Um, you know, sage raises some heat in the core of your body and then that kind of circulates outward and gets up to the skin layer. Um, with yarrow, it's kind of moving directly out to there. Mm. You feel it there first. Um, and, it, and so again, it kind of opens up your surface a little bit. But again, it has that, that astringency on, on all levels of the being and, and it helps to also let you feel protected at the same time. Not, not open in the way of being exposed, maybe open in the way of... Um, you know, allowing things to leave you that you don't need. I like that. But at the same time, to prevent things that you don't want from getting into you. So we often talk about yarrow as a kind of energetic armor, you know. And with that, you know, it's often we're working with uh, small doses of tincture or maybe even flower essence um, to kind of focus ourselves on that aspect of the plant's, um, plant's medicine. And uh, yarrow as, as armor there is something we find really useful when you have to go into a difficult situation. So if you've got a tough conversation that just needs to be had, you know, then <laughs> you take a few drops of your yarrow tincture before you go in, or, you know, if you're going to go in and have your day in court or something, then yarrow can be super helpful there. Or, like, if you're negotiating um, with your boss to get a raise or something like that, some sometime when you feel, oh, just like you need to have a little extra strength. Yeah. I really love this plant. I love to, to have it around. Right now I'm delighted because um, ours is flowering. We have some out in pots outside yeah. the house and it's flowering in these big, beautiful white clusters. And if you'd like to see them, then uh, check out our Instagram feed, Commonwealth Herbs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, we will post some. Yeah. No, I did today already. Oh, you did already? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even see beautiful it yet. flowers. They look great. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful plant. It's easy to grow and it's, it's nice to have it around. Yeah. So there's my... There's my friend Yarrow. I, I really like what you were saying about the hold you together part. Mm. Um, and I think that that plays into that abstraction as well. That so often when, again, in, in such an, a culture of cerebral stimulation, whether it's the internet or the, you know, this and that, the, the everything, um, that everything, that, that so much coming in can sort of threaten what's already here or, or, or almost be like a flood and sort of start to break apart the parts that are us and make us feel like mm. we're like having trouble holding it together. Which is a very watery state to be in. So having, a, <laughs> having an herb of yeah. air is really helpful on that side. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, how about up in the north? Well, in the north, uh, you know, we both have trees actually in yeah. our in our north, yeah. and um, mine is elder, um, and specifically elder flower. Although every aspect of elder is fantastic, but but in the tattoo itself, it the elder is in flower. Um, now the berries you may know about uh, the immune boosting effects for cold and flu and viruses in general and just all the antioxidants and vitamin purple and all that great <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. It's pretty and, amazing. And some of those are sort of the same thing in a way because some of those vitamin purple uh, proanthocyanidins 
are also the same constituents that uh, make it difficult for the viruses to get inside of your cells and replicate. Yeah. And so they're helping with uh, shortening the, the duration of the illness and the severity of it yeah. by that way, too. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, that stuff is all wicked awesome. <laughs> but that's not what I have in my tattoo. What I have is the flower. And sometimes I think that maybe we're so focused on the antiviral aspects of elderberry that, like in this time we kind of maybe don't focus as much on elder flowers mm -hmm. um but elder flowers are really really amazing they are a diaphoretic but they're a, so if you have a fever this is going to help it sweat it out but also they're a nervine and they have a really beautiful effect on the nervous system very similar to the physiological effect that they have they can help you sort of sweat out difficult emotions especially hot emotions like anxiousness or feeling overwhelmed or um, just you know maybe feeling grumpy grouchy even angry um, they just help those things to evaporate out of you and to kind of dissipate um, and it's a very it's a very upward movement which goes right along with its exhilarant action as well the word exhilarant um, it it means you know to, that same as like exhilarate it, it's a, a heart lift word it's a, a like to make your heart sing kind of of word and elderflower can do that, but it's a, like everything is lifting. And then the last part is that those those difficult emotions can just bubble right up out of your head and kind of just, I don't know, if you just imagine little champagne bubbles coming out your ears and out of your hair and whatever and and bursting over your head. That's mm. what I think about it when I when I think about elderflower, just you with champagne bubbles over your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's about releasing. You yeah, know? exactly. In this way, elderflower helps you to keep your cool. Yes. You know? And here in the north, we're thinking about cool plants and cool, grounded, you know, earth energy sort of thing, so. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be with tea, it can be the flowers infused in honey, it can be as a tincture. My favorite is as a liqueur. Um, or as a syrup that you can add to fizzy water. I, I have to say that to work with elder for this, it is not in any way necessary to combine it with fizzy water, but I really like to combine it with fizzy water because again, like that aspect of the bubbles is such a visual representation of what's going on with my hot emotions. Mm. You know, like I can see it in the glass with the bubbles rising up and then sort of popping into the air and, and dis dissipating. Um, and I can feel it in my body happening also. So uh, you don't have to drink it as a spritzer, but I like to because there's <laughs> that visual cue there of what's happening as well. Yes. Um, you know, for my, for my North uh, Point herb, I have pine. And pine here is more about cold tolerance than about inducing cold. Yeah. Because that's more what I need, you know? Um, I'm not a I'm not a cold person constitutionally, but I do get chilled easily, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a lot of um, innate cold tolerance. I've been working on it. Well, you don't have much insulation, babe. There is that. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But, you know, I think about pines as being really resistant to cold stress. I think about pines like resilient sentinels up north in the taiga, up in the mm-hmm. boreal forests, you know, and standing there and keeping that warmth down in their, down in their hearts uh, waiting for the short but delightful summers to come, mm. right? And um, when I when I feel like I need some of that resilience remedy, then I, I turn to pine. Um, you know, it's physiological effects. It's a it's a stimulating expectorant. It helps you to get some crud up and out of your lungs. Like if you have a phlegmy cough, you can take pine needles and make a, a short hot infusion and drink that down, good and hot, and you'll cough some crud up out of you pretty soon. That's great. Um, those pine needles are really rich in vitamin C too. You know, mm. it's a it's a nice nutrient in that regard. Um, we also work with the the resin of pine, and that's kind of getting closer to what I, I think about when I look at my tattoo, where the resin is this you know rich dark substance that oozes out of the tree where it's wounded to protect it and to defend it and to fight off invading pathogens and threats. Um, but it's it's so warming and stimulating and Activating, you know, it stimulates local blood circulation. It circulates local immune activity. Um, pine resin is just one of our favorite things as a as a topical antimicrobial, and it helps to heal the wounds there too. Yeah, it is such an important part of our first aid work. Mm-hmm. But I really, I really like that idea of like, even though this herb is not, it's not cooling. It's a it's a stimulating, warming herb, but it's perfect to put in the north because. It gets you through that mm-hmm. aspect. Yeah. Yeah, we both kind of have an herb oriented in that way. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, cool. Okay. Well, over in the West, we have our water elements. Yes. For me, that's bladder rack. Um, it's about as watery as plants it's get. It's as watery as it gets. And bladder rack here is actually filling... It is representing all of the seaweeds. It, yeah. It's, um, you know, taking on that ambassador ambassador role here for me um (laughs) because i do love all of the seaweeds um individually and And, i love them all equally and and collectively yes 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 yes. the bladder rack is is filling that spot um this is one you've harvested yourself yes Mm -hmm. yes and uh you know learning to do that was was really really interesting um, and and was an interesting experience because even though it was the middle of summer, uh, my first day out, I got really bad hypothermia because we were harvesting way far up north in Maine, and um, the water was cold even in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because you go out uh, very very early in the morning to to get at the tide at the right time. Um, but. But there's something, you know, first of all, there's just something important about the ocean for me personally in particular um, and, and for my health as a, as a human. And I think that's probably true for many, many people. Um, and, you know, even historically, there were spas by the sea for people who had the privilege yeah. to go to them. Right. And there's something about... Uh, that invigorating sea air. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that that really is medicinal. And and I 
you know, I feel like some of it actually comes from the seaweeds, just the same as when you walk in a forest, the quality of the air is different because of all of the volatile oils from the pine and all the other plants. Um, there is something about the sea that, that I think seaweed plays a big role in, that the air, in, the interchange of the air, and that is a, a way that humans and water interact, just mm. like it's a way that humans and trees interact. Um, it's through the intermediary of the air there. Mm. Of course, when it's the ocean, you can just jump in. Right. Um, the seaweeds all are just so nutritive. And that is the, I think, primary aspect for me here in, the, in, in this position of my tattoo is, is like a sustenance and a nourishment, especially because... By nature, I am a person who provides that to others, and I need to make sure that I have that also for myself. Um, so, so bladderwrack is filling that role here. Um, bladderwrack is about softening and about flexibility. Um, whether that is physiologically because of all of the mineral goodness. Um, and so it's very helpful for joint health, for cardiovascular health, or whether that's emotional aspects. And especially um, the seaweeds are amazingly resilient. Bladder rack is one that lives in a tidal zone. So through part of its day, it gets quite dried out. And then through another part of its day, it is completely submerged. And then in the middle between those things, it is, um, you know, being pounded on by the surf. And, and it just holds on to those rocks and it, it's not pulverized by the surf. It's not, you know, it's, it retains its own self and it can handle those kinds of stresses and those kinds of extremes. It is an amazing, re amazingly resilient plant. Mm. Um, so these are things that I'm thinking about when, when that is a part of me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's great to kind of be able to call on that <coughs> with a glance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, in my western direction, I have marshmallow. And marshmallow is kind of our demulcent par excellence here. You know, it's just the... The first herb I think of when I see somebody and I, I see that they've got a lot of dryness and I want to help them get a little juicier, get a little more fluid flowing through them. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of it sticking around as well, not just <laughs> passing straight through. Because that's the thing that we see a lot of is folks come in and they're like, I don't know, I drink water all the time, but I still have dry skin and dry scalp and this and that. And I'm like, let's get you some marshmallow because it'll, it'll help you to hold on to your water. Yeah. Um, I think for me that that's really valuable because um, holding on to water, again, it's, it's physical, it's, it's literal, but it's also metaphorical or even metaphysical if you want to go that far. <laughs> um, you know, marshmallow helps with that, that kind of softening, that kind of um, fluid flexibility like you were just describing with the seaweeds. Mm. Um, and it helps you to keep that that um, empathic capacity or to develop that if it hasn't been something that you have developed very much. And yeah. I feel like in much of my life before I met you, I really didn't. And uh, <laughs> marshmallow was one of the things that helped me to, to get a little closer to that. 
I remember that you were a little uncertain about the marshmallow. Oh, that, yes. that one took you a while to settle on, and even once it was done, you sort of looked at it and you were like, eh, I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah. Uh, but over the years, we both have developed a much stronger relationship with that plant. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's things that I've learned learned about marshmallow since then, even. Like, that it's a completely underappreciated herb for topical applications. Yes. That it's a fantastic wound healing agent when you apply it to, to wounds. And that it's not just encouraging them to heal and keeping them moist so that they can do that easily, but that it's also an antimicrobial, that it, that it breaks up bacterial biofilms with the best of them, you know? Yeah, it's like a really potent plant, actually. You know, yeah. you just think, oh, yeah, it helps you not be dehydrated. Like, no, this plant has it going on. Yeah, yeah. Which I also kind of appreciate, and I, I like that idea of something that's, you know, not not entirely been recognized for what, what true capacities it holds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. so that's always... And, and that's a useful lesson, right? To, to you know, And for me, this, this kind of carries some aspect of that now, like... Oh yeah, good good to keep your fluid balance in there. Good to help you to not get dried out and everything. Okay, that's really great. Oh boy, this makes my guts feel so much better when I drink it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as if that wasn't enough. But then these other things, like oh wow, it's a whole new world. And sometimes I think about that um, that experience of learning it and um, thinking about all of the other plants that are probably similarly yes. underappreciated. Yes. And have other things going on that we haven't haven't thought of yet, or that somebody knew once and. Never quite got around to writing down, and we'll have herbalists to, are busy. We'll have to rediscover it later, you know. Yeah. 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 I love that that aspect of deepening into relationship, and I love that marshmallow kind of holds that space um, for us. That that that's a plant that we've sort of discovered more and more about over the years, and I think that's really appropriate to be a part of a wedding tattoo yeah definitely yeah i mean as you can see these herbs have a lot to do with our own constitutional quirks our own our own personal needs but in a lot of ways they're also about our relationship um when i think about my plants sage helps me to keep my focus on what really matters and that's super important in a long-term relationship because <laughs> it's so easy to get distracted by things that just plain don't matter yep uh but they seem like it for a minute so Sage helps you have the, the wisdom to sort those things out. Mm. Yeah. Um, yarrow helps me to face challenges without fear, or with a bit less fear, perhaps. <laughs> like, oh boy, this is going to be rough, but I can, I can get through it. I'm prepared. And that could be challenges between us. It could be challenges we face together. Yeah. You know? um, pine helps me to be a little bit more sturdy, a little more dependable. You know, pine is one that you've been deepening your relationship with more and more, too, as you've been climbing into pine yeah. every day. Yeah, there's this wonderful red pine down at the down at the park over there, and I, I just love to climb up it and stand there and feel my roots going down into the ground and stretch mm. up and catch the light and everything. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, sturdy and dependable are definitely not words that I would have ascribed to myself before we got married. <laughs> no, 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 indeed. <laughs> um, and you know, marshmallow. You do pretty good at them now, though. I'm getting somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. You know. <laughs> Fine helps. Um, and then you know, marshmallow that that's helped me, um, like other other moistening, relaxing herbs. That's helped me to soften up some of my stubbornness. It sure has. Some of it. Yeah. I mean, not all of it. Quite a lot of it. Because you need that. Uh, um, you know, a little bit of stubbornness is self-protective and right. important. Yeah. But too much is too much. Yeah. And I think you're uh, you're 
You have a nice balance going on. Yeah, right it's now. nice. It's nice because herbs don't tend to, um, you know, throw you so far out of your out of your natural state that uh, you go over to the other direction. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, for me, Tulsi keeps me really upbeat when I get overwhelmed, and that is a place that I can get to pretty frequently, pretty easily. Um, and when I get overwhelmed, I'm not necessarily the super nicest, awesomest, most fun person to be around. Um, so keeping Tulsi with me all the time can just help me to be a nicer person to be married to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice. It is. Well, it's nicer with Tulsi. <laughs> Um, Bethany helps keep me grounded and present in what's real right now. And I think that that is critically important um, in a relationship because none of us really are going into marriage having never been in another relationship. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to have been previously divorced to have had previous relationships. And mm -hmm. it is so easy to bring your old relationships with you into your new one. Yeah. And to be reacting in your new relationship or in your present relationship with information from an old relationship that really isn't necessarily valid anymore. Mm. And um, that's not the most healthy way to be present. So when I think about Bethany, I think about it specifically in our relationship about... Um, being present with you right now even if you maybe are doing something that is sort of like something that somebody I used to be in a relationship with maybe did and then I had a certain way of reacting to it but instead to be really present with who you are and what's really happening right now and it's not actually the same as anything that ever happened before and um, to just approach that in the present moment. Yeah, that's part of what Bethany helps us do because when we talk about being being grounded and being centered and all of that None of that means that you can't have your, your clear sight and your clear thought either. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times it helps you to, to get back to those. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's good to be clear about like, oh, I see myself in that habitual response reaction to something that somebody else did once, maybe 10 years ago, and longer than 10 years ago at this point, <laughs> and I don't need to respond to you with that same habitual manner. Elder helps me to let go of tension and anxiousness and also to let go of things that I can't or don't need to control. And when I first wrote this down, I wrote that I can't control. And then I sat there for a minute and I had to go back and add or that I don't need to control mm -hmm. because it's possible that I may be a person who feels the need to control more things than necessarily need to be controlled by me. Um, and I think that's common. I think if you've lived a life where, um, where either you had to be the adult um, at an early age, if you have lived a life where people have let you down in the past, especially in your childhood, um, or a million other reasons that you might feel the need to control things that you don't necessarily need to control. Um, and if you're like... If you're looking for an ally who can help you make that differentiation, that is Elder. Mm. But I think that that's really good relationship advice, too. 
just, do I need to control this situation? Hold on, let me have some elder and think about it again. <laughs> yeah. And then Bladderack, just in that place of nourishment and resilience. And I think that this is critically important because um, whenever you're in a relationship, uh, it is as important to nourish your own self as it is to care for your partner. And um, I think that societally, we maybe have some ideas around that that aren't quite so healthy about, um, you know, like maybe we get socialized or raised to believe that, no, we just have to do everything for the other person. And if we do something for ourselves, that's selfish. And when we have those ideas, then when the other person does something for themselves, we get mad because we see that as selfish. And that's really important to recognize. So I think that making sure that there is some aspect of your relationship that is about nourishing your own self independently of, your, of yourself in your relationship, um, that's, that's key. Yeah. Relationship advice from tattoos. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out, yeah, you take the lesson where it comes, right? Yeah. So yeah, so those are our, those are our wedding tattoo herbs. Those are some of our thoughts about them. Uh, while we're here, how about a brief note on herbal tattoo care? Yes. Yeah. Why not? Yes. Um, you know, so there are, there are tons and tons of options for this, and I've been interested to see over the past, like I guess, ten years. Um, more folks making their own little herbal tattoo salves mm. and balms and things like that. I think it's great. So much better than just your straight up like A and D ointment that they always yes. give you in the little yellow tube with the ugh. or those little papery foil packets. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, not great. I mean, you know, it does what it does. But we like some herbal stuff better. We like a nice basic vulnerary salve. Um, I really prefer one that's made with pine resin. Mm. The best. Um, you make it. You make it intentionally to be um, soft or kind of light on the on the beeswax when you do this. Yeah. Otherwise, it hurts. Yeah, because you're gonna have to you know brush it over that you know fresh uh, you know irritated uh, exposed kind of skin and yeah. So something something nice and soft and gentle, more like a. I don't know, more like a petroleum jelly consistency. Yeah, but just without the petroleum. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> None of that. I, I like the pine in there in particular because it also has that anti-infective action. And, right. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I just, I, I laugh like that because we recently had a, a friend, a listener, a student who did get an infected tattoo and it was no good. No good, yeah. And I really don't want to go through that. So, um, so yeah. And I mean, that's a thing. It can happen. It's just a thing that can happen. But once you've got your tattoo and it's healing, I mean, it is still a wound. It's pretty and all, but it is still a wound. So I want to I wanna treat it like a wound. I want to I wanna behave like it's a wound and make sure that I'm um, right on top of the antiseptic action right from the start. Yeah, you can make a salve. Um, we we tend to make our salves with with olive oil. Most American herbalists I know tend to do that. But it's convenient. Yeah, it's available. Easy. Yeah. But there are lots of other materials you can work with, and um, using a an animal fat based salve for this is actually a great idea. They tend to absorb a little more easily into the skin, a little more readily. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. If you get some rendered lard, 
You can melt that down. You can infuse your herbs right into there. You're good to go. I think really the reason that everybody uses olive oil these days is that there's almost no way to make an animal fat salve, whether it's tallow or lard or whatever, that doesn't smell like... Animals. Animal. Yeah. 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 And, and like, I just don't want to walk around smelling like lard. And... It's possible that if we melt some pine resin into it, I haven't done this yet. I yeah, say. pine resin but and I lard. It might, it might that might be go. a strong enough smell. But I don't know. Lard has a really strong smell too, hmm. which is delicious. Delicious if you're cooking, but not so much if you're just walking around the house. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some people tell me that I should not be so concerned about that, yeah. um, and they're probably right. But well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I think I think that's. That's probably why most people default to olive oil. That and that it's just what everybody learned. Mm. Because yeah. it was popular at a certain time in herbalism in the United States. Yeah. Um, one herb that we do tend to stay away from in this application is comfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, even though comfrey is appropriate for superficial wounds, not deep wounds, uh, but you know wounds that are that are superficial and, and dry and itchy and all of that. We do tend to stay away from it in this case because we don't really want to accelerate the healing process too much. You know, the, the tattoo artist and, and all of that is expecting a particular, like, normal, standard kind of a healing process. And mm-hmm. if we accelerate it too much, we're a little concerned that things might not play out the way they're supposed to. Yeah. That maybe some of the ink doesn't hold or... Yeah, know. I mean, this is a volatile art. Mm-hmm. And... It's got a set, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like watching paint dry. <laughs> it takes how long it takes. Mm. Yeah. But um, if you do want one other option here, um, especially if you got it and it's super hot and itchy and you really don't feel like putting anything even as warming as pine salve onto there, um, another option you could consider would be a marshmallow compress. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could make some nice cold infused marshmallow um, tea, basically, and then soak a cloth in there. And uh, put that right over the over the tattoo and let it seep in. Yeah, just for a couple minutes because when a tattoo is fresh, you don't want to spend too much time with water. Yeah. Um, but just for you know, not even five minutes, not like even two two or three minutes would be would be fine. Yeah. And then go ahead and give it a nice rinse, clean, mm-hmm. and uh, apply something again, something light. Uh, right, calendula. Yeah. yeah. Whatever chamomile and anything really gentle. Yeah, a nice light calendula side would be really good there. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Um, well, so, you know, we talked a lot about energetics in this episode, and um, if you would like to learn more about that topic and uh, some more of our particular thoughts on herbal energetics, there's a course for that. Yes! <laughs> you can check out our Energetics and Holistic Practice course. Uh, you can find it easily at commonwealthherbs.com slash learn. Yeah. Um, hey, we've got some shout-outs. We do. We have shout-outs this week. We have one to Claire in the UK, who suggests a pod on living here and now on the autistic spectrum, which I think is a fantastic idea. So listen for that to be coming sometime in the next little while. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah. We have some thoughts on this. We do. Yeah. We do. I used to teach on that quite a lot, and I haven't um, done it in a little while, so I think it's... It's time for a pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a shout out to Joy, who's been finding bittersweet nightshade everywhere and is interested in the Botany for Herbalists course. Yes, I love bittersweet nightshade. I'm actually slowly, so no promises about when I'll get this to y'all, 
but I'm working on a on a monograph, and and we'll make a, a Materia Medica video for that course yes. about bittersweet nightshade. Um, it's really become one of my one of my best friends, and it's gonna get tattooed on me eventually, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, somehow. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's pretty great. Kim recommended the nettles episode to a friend who was asking for nettles advice, which was perfect timing. And also, you guys, we have a nettles mini course uh, called All About Nettles. Uh, and you can grab it at commonwealthherbs.com slash nettles for just 10 bucks. Yeah, it's a steal. <laughs> a shout out to Christopher, who followed us on Facebook to say he loves the pod. Why, thank you. And also to Heather Rose, who was wondering about uh, sassafras as a partial possible carcinogen. Oh, no. Yeah. So that comes up from time to time, um, that this or that plant gets marked as a carcinogen. Uh, you see this with calamus a lot, too. But um, in almost every case, what is really going on here is that they are isolating one particular chemical constituent from the plant. Then they are concentrating it to an, a level that can't be found in nature, and then injecting it directly into the bloodstream of a rat, and then eventually, with repeated injections, the rat develops cancer. So, um, obviously, that's not the same as making a cup of tea or making a tincture. No, and many of these isolated constituents actually aren't even water-soluble, or alcohol soluble so so very often these are these are things that don't even come out in the preparations that we make as herbalists um, so that does not mean that no plants are dangerous and it does not mean that no studies are valuable but it does mean that you need to read it very carefully and figure you know put on your critical thinking hat and and figure out is is this information really telling me that a cup of sassafras tea can cause cancer or is it telling me that a very specific chemical when injected directly into the bloodstream at high concentrations can cause cancer because that's two different things it really is it really is yeah okay well thank you to all of y'all we appreciate you listening and commenting and the reviews and the shares and all of that stuff we really oh yeah, reviews. Yeah. Uh, you guys, we have 99 reviews on iTunes. Could somebody please just push us over the top? Because 100 <laughs> is a is a better number than 99. That would be so Actually, great. two somebody's because 101. 101. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. the best number. That's where we're yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. So if y'all could help us out with that, we would appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. All right, so one last thing uh, for this week. We wanted to take a quick minute to talk about our supporter drive. You've been hearing about this in our June podcasts. Yes. But it's time. You listen to us every week. You take us with you in your car and while you make dinner. You write us messages about how much you like the pod. And it means so much to us to know that we're a part of your lives. And if we mean that much to you, we wonder if you'd consider becoming a monthly supporter. For 5 or $10 a month, you would be supporting not only the costs of maintaining the podcast, but you would also be supporting the community work we do. Like, for instance, our free clinics. And if you're local to Boston, the next one is coming up this Thursday evening, by the way. Yes, from 6.30... 6 o'clock to, to, to 8.30 o'clock. Yes, so just drop in any time. Mm -hmm. 
Um, supporters also make it possible for us to offer scholarships and especially as we develop the new community self-health program to help communities organize support groups so that they can care for their neighbors who don't have access to health care or health insurance or who just need some extra support you guys we all do better when we help one another so this is a really important program and um, if you're interested in this idea by the way send us a message because we have um, a quick little document called five easy ways to help one another that we would be very happy to share with you yeah just reach out um, and you know as a supporter you'd also be enabling the work we do with incarcerated students so that we can give them not only the healing power of plants but also the possibility to make their own work after incarceration, because it's often difficult and demoralizing to try to get a job after being incarcerated. But uh, learning herbalism and knowing about herbs um, opens up possibilities for lots of different jobs, yes. whether it's at a garden center or a, a health food store or a supplement shop. Or, or even starting your own practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that program is expanding over to the United Kingdom this year, which is super exciting. Yes. We love to get international with it. <laughs> And uh, we're feeling good. Yeah. So if all of that sounds like stuff you want to support, or if you just like the sound of our voices, then go to commonwealthherbs.com slash support and sign up. And in gratitude, we will send you a special video every week about a great, easy-to-implement herbal tip. Uh, for example, in the month of June, our theme is first aid. So every Wednesday, we've been sending out a video about herbal first aid tips. Yeah, that's been fun. Yeah. We really like making those because we know that they're going directly to people who really care and really want to give back. And it just feels great. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, please bounce on over to commonwealthherbs.com slash support and becoming a, become a supporting member of our podcast today. Yay. Yay. All right, folks, that's it for this week. We'll be back next time with some more Holistic Herbalism podcast for you. And it will be on time, or my name isn't Katya. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.